재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul. It's time once again for our reality radio style snoop into the lives of two multicultural couples living here. They are our global family and they are an Australian wife and a Korean husband by the names of Nicola and Sun Hong Gwon and an Austrian husband and a Korean wife by the names of Mika Karchevsky and Sujin Jung. Hello, everybody. Hi. Good morning. Hello. Nice to see you. The chilly weather has forced Sun Hong to put those guns <laughs> under wraps. He's been coming in and showing off that uh, six-month transformation body each week, but now he's got a nice comfy sweatshirt on this week. Um, this week we're going to talk about, uh, I guess, deep origins is kind of the theme that we're calling it. Uh, if we want to get to know you better, we've got to know your personal and family background a bit, and we've got to know, I guess, your country background. So we're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, dipping our toes into history and stuff. Uh, we all have sort of our superficial conceptions of what Austria and Korea and the U.S. is like and Australia. And Australia. And Australia. <laughs> You've got, you got to throw that one in. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, since we've got you all here, we've got an opportunity to go a little deeper. Nicola, if mm. I want to know Nicola better, I have to know Australia better. And mm-hmm. where should we start? Well, I think... The very important thing is to recognise the Indigenous history. So Mm. possibly over 100,000 years, um, Indigenous Aboriginal people have been in Australia. But something people might not realise is it's actually a whole bunch of different nations, cultures, languages. You know, there there wasn't just, oh, the Aboriginal language or anything like that. Aboriginal is in Mm. one cluster. It's it's a lot of, yeah. Very, very, like, many different cultures and that type of thing. Um, And then... In the funny thing is, in history class, we were always taught like, "Oh, uh, Captain James Cook discovered Australia in <laughs> you know, seventeen blah blah blah." And, and then, like as I got older and sort of you know was interested in history, I realised the Dutch were sailing up and down the west coast of Australia from the 1600s. So, I mean, like, everybody knew Australia was there. It was only when the British came and were like, oh, actually, we might try to claim this for ourselves. I wonder ourselves. why the Dutch didn't stop. Were they just too busy with their trade well, or whatever? Yeah, so they were trading and they were trading all the spices and the tea and that type of thing. But the west coast of Australia is basically desert. So they didn't realise that on the east coast there was all this fertile land. Uh, so they were on the west coast. They yes. were exploring the west. Yes. Now I get it. Yeah. Um, and so Australia became a penal colony, so for convicts, because the US weren't letting uh, England <laughs> dump their convicts there anymore. So <laughs> England was like, we need another place. Mm. Um, and of course, being racist white people, they didn't take into consideration the indigenous people there. Um, but actually, one of my ancestors came on the first fleet, so the first wave of boats that came out from England to start a penal colony. Uh, my ancestor was a 15-year-old girl and she'd stolen like a few yards of printed cotton and she'd been sentenced to death because... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Tap the brakes here. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, your ancestor, yes. as a 15-year-old girl, yes. stole what basically a, a little mm. bit of textile material... Yes. And they they sentenced her to, I guess, hang. That's what they would do in those days. Yes, because um, for several decades there had been something called the Bloody Code in England where basically anything you did was, like, sentenced to death. Uh Uh-huh. 
This but, is uh, like harsh law and order yes, kind of thing. which didn't work that well because the prisons were like overcrowded. Um, and so they changed it to transportation, which meant you were going to this place. It wasn't even called really Australia then, but you're going to this place and you have seven years transportation. So obviously she had no choice and she came out on the first fleet, but she actually ended up living like a very long and good life with like many many descendants so mm. it was kind of the better end of the deal once you'd done your time <laughs> it's really fascinating that you know that about mm-hmm. your ancestor that yeah. she was a teenage convict mm-hmm. seven years transportation it didn't take seven years to come over on the boat no but you did seven years time i mean it took ah. several months but you did seven years time and then you could be uh you you know pardoned and okay and you could so after seven years there. if you could find a boat to go back you, you could, could go back to England. But by the time you're done, a lot of people said, yeah, this is not too yeah, bad. Yeah, they were like, eh, the weather's a lot nicer than England. I have some king <laughs> down my neck and all that stuff. Any other, I, I don't think anybody can top Nicola with a, a convict in their uh, recent past. I, I don't think I have any convicts. Mm. Suno? Um, no. I mean, what can we say? We're in Korea. We're immersed in Korea every day. You are uh, Nicola's husband. Are you... Um, are you worried by this uh, history of crime in the family? No, I don't. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to have been purged out of there. Uh, Korea, though, I mean, its own national identity is something that's uh, heavily under discussion, right? History yes. is always a football here. And history, Korea always is kind of figuring out how to continue surviving in a world where there are much bigger powers all around, right? Yes, all the time. Um, I remember very soon after I got here, uh, they would describe Korea as a shrimp between yes. two whales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like up there, there's China, and then down there, there's Japan. Like, they had a war in Korea last time, and then, like, so many people died. Even though it's not our war, they had a war in our mm-hmm. land, mm-hmm. which is, like, really weird. And then, like, so many centuries, like, they attacked Korea we just depend our country. Mm-hmm. Like, but still we are here. <laughs> <laughs> you survive. We survive. Anybody, who, who would I look, if I were to flip through the uh, Sunong family tree, who might I find uh, of, of note? Anybody who fought in those wars? Anybody who was in government or any anything interesting? General um, Guan Yu. You had a general in your yeah. family. Yeah. And then he's one of the most famous uh, general in Korea because they were like Im Jin War and they were big one... Um, from like three batters and he won one of the better wow yeah and really small amount of the soldiers and then beat like really a ama- big amount of the japanese soldiers yeah and then because of that like we respect him as like really really strong uh general a general who won victories against the odds sujin did you know that name of that general is he yes. sure. he's that sure. famous that mm-hmm. people yes. know mm-hmm. Wow. There's a bit of a parallel, Mika, I think. You come from Polish origins, right? Yes. He was complaining that even when the war's not ours, mm. it sort of spills over into where we are. And your, your, your ancestors must have experienced that too. I mean, Poland was the crossover point mm-hmm. for the various yeah. armies that marched back and forth exactly, Europe yeah. to capture sort of the, uh, the heartland uh, in, in Russia and the Soviet Union and so on. Tell us a little bit about your deep origins. What's your family history like? Like my... Like originally, my parents are from Poland. All my family is from Poland. But during the like the Eastern Bloc, they were refugees. They flew from the Eastern Bloc and they settled down in in Austria. But they were basically on the way to Australia. 
So they wanted to <laughs> really like my parents dreamed of going to Australia, but only my mom got the visa and my dad got rejected. So at they the sh- end, they should have stolen something. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, we, like my my parents got stuck in Austria, and I grew up there. Well, they got most of the letters right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Austria, Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We kind of went through that. It wasn't like a mistake in the fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Dumb and Dumber, like we did at that first episode. Um, Austria. I mean, uh, the center point f- of European history for uh, like many centuries. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like the the name Austria was mentioned, I guess, the first time in 1996, if I'm not mistaken. And it has this glory time during the House of Habsburg, like in the 12th century mm-hmm. to the 18th. Mm-hmm. It was like they covered nearly whole Europe because the, the Austrian, like the ha- House of Habsburg were really good in marrying. So they married mm-hmm. the right countries like to, to bound. Strategic alliances. Yes. So they would kind of draw them into the family without exactly. uh, spilling blood, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. during all these years and, you know, like because of the World War I, mm-hmm. like there was, ah, oh, who was the, it was Franz Ferdinand who was shot in Hungary. Mm-hmm. And then the First World War started and, you know, Austria became smaller and smaller and they become a part of Germany and somehow we got lost yeah, there was that, they call it the Anschluss, right? That yeah, Anschluss, was when, yes. Uh, it was like after, like before World War Two. Yeah. It was, I guess, 1938. Germany said to Austria, actually, you're part of Germany now, the greater Germany, right? Yeah, but at that time, as I read, it's like Austrians even felt like a part of Germany. So they, it was, yeah, so it was like, a mutual thing. Yes. And this is the question. I, I mean, I spent uh, some time in Germany as an exchange student, and I remember how intensively they taught about the, the Third Reich time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had like at least a week devoted in school classes. They would take field trips to some of those camps mm-hmm. and really drill it. I, he, the, the, my sort of uh, friend who was a German student came home one day and just said, I'm so angry that I'm a German, you know, mm. because of all the feelings. Is it that strong for Austrian young people as well? That kind of collective? It's less strong. But, you know, when I was a kid and I was learning, for example, about Adolf Hitler, it was like said he's the German Kanzler, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. it was pointed out he's German. Mm. But with time I learned he had Austrian roots. And That's now right. we're playing a little bit ping pong with Germany because like the German says like, it's the crazy Austrian who yeah. came over, right? But we say, no, no, it's not us. You made him crazy. Right. So, Well, and still his birthplace, I think, is it's a place in Austria, right? Yeah, it's, it's in a, Austria, yes. What's the name of the town? Ta- do you know the name of the town? Braunau. And um, there's always kind of this back and forth of what do we do with that? We don't want to exactly, like, leave it there. Yes, like you can't really make a stature or something, right? Like it's praising him on one hand, but you shouldn't neglect the history. So it's, it's a tricky <laughs> topic. Mm. Sujin, mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about uh, sort of your your past or what you know about it. It's okay if uh, you know how how far about back do you my know? family history. Yeah. Like uh, my family name Jung. Jung is pretty common family name in Korea, uh, but it has different kinds of um, how can, groups. Mm-hmm. And um, the family name I'm coming from is rooted from Dongle. is a um, um, name of the area in Busan. Um, and it explains why I'm from Busan because a lot of um, same family Jung so is all the Jungs are in Busan. Yeah, <laughs> the Jungs. Ah, is that I should file that little tidbit away. The Jungs are from Busan generally. Not Busan? generally, but my your root, stem. Yeah, my Jung is from Busan. Tongne ah. Jungshi. It's called. Yes, yes. This interests me so much because uh, as expats, I think we notice that there's a relative 
extremely short supply of names in mm-hmm. Korea. Mm-hmm. Kim is the big dominant one, then Pak Che and so mm-hmm. forth. But within those clan names, there's these sort of different trunks of the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how, uh, do you know how many Jung sort of clans or Jung stems there are? Um, I don't know the whole Jung family name, but in case of my Jung, Dong Ne Jung Si, I did some research back in 2015. Um, there was uh, 474,005 um, or six. So it's like people. Yeah, so five, nearly 500,000 people. It's a relatively small number when you consider the current population, but mm-hmm. I mean, back then maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, like in this um, small Dongne Jiangshi, there's also tons of different groups. So you are dividing into different groups from different. Um, there's different kinds of clans, and it's mm. quite complicated to track down. Um, and the family, and generally the whole family culture is pretty big. We still do a lot of meetings and 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 um, everything. But I'm just um, not really how can I say participant because I'm a daughter. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't have that responsibility. It's no, the male. So it goes along male yeah. lineage. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's an interesting mm-hmm. aspect. I mean, Korea is as a national entity. What does it go back about two thousand years ish, or something like that, or or thou- many centuries, sure. many centuries more mm-hmm. than sort of our more modern nation states? Mm-hmm. So you could trans, you know, trace your family history back centuries and centuries. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, how far ba- back do you guys reckon your? Um, you have the general. Is that about as far back as your family collectively remembers, Sunho? So we have uh, the oldest um, family name tree book in Korea, and um, we can um, track back to like 600 years. Mm-hmm. So, so many generations, and my generation is a six, 36 generation. Wow. So if we want to find someone who is our ancient, we can just track back. Yeah. It's interesting. Nowadays... Everybody is documenting their entire life online, including mm-hmm. their children. So, assuming we survive another four or five centuries, it's going to be so easy to track back through mm-hmm. digital records. Yes, just look up the social media <laughs> record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they hate Mondays. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they had uh, chicken cordon bleu for lunch yes. back in 2017. How interesting. Nicola, when we talk about Australian identity, you Mm. kind of alluded to the fact that, uh, hey, our history books uh, have kind of glossed over this Mm. massive indigenous presence. I feel similarly with the United States Mm. because our history books were very jingoistic. There was like, hey, we had manifest destiny, we conquered the West. And by the Mm. way, there were some Indians too. Yeah, there were some people here first. (laughs) Oh, there were some people here, but whatever. That's in the Mm -hmm. appendix. Um, When we think about identity Mm. in, in Australia, what are we thinking about? Well, it is it is something that Australia as a country um, is quite a new country. Like, we didn't have federation until 1900, which meant that the states were just kind of separate colonies until we were like, hey, we should probably be a country together. And for a lot of last century, we still saw England as the mother country, you mm. know, and we still have that uh, That's connection. That's still on the books, right? Yeah. I mean, Queen Elizabeth is still, yeah. in theory, your head of yeah. state. That's right. Like, we're still part of the Commonwealth like that. So, I think Australian identity, um, I think there's an Indigenous um, identity, which is very strong, and they know that they have this very long history and their culture like that. Um, But for modern Australia now, it is something that is 
something that's very new and we sort of have something we call the cultural cringe where we're not really exactly sure what our culture is and it's like awkward teenage years i would i would put it at the moment we're still such a new country that um it is not like korea where korea they're like we've had this for hundreds of years and yeah. we do this and we do this because of this reason um australia is still um very young yeah there's a bit of overlap i think mm. with the us there i mean we're both of our countries are kind of experiments in yes. liberal democracy, multiculturalism, mm. uh, brand spanking new in terms of the sweep of history and so on. Mm. Definitely not quite like Korea, which does have this deep national identity and mm-hmm. it has been challenged in different ways. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have the Japanese period. Do either of you have any ancestors that you remember from the that, that experienced the Japanese colonization that you, you, you've heard from directly? Or? Yeah, like my grandmother who died um, last year. Uh, she was 99 years old last wow. year <laughs> when she died. So she was experiencing everything. Mm. So uh, when I was um, young, I was living with my grandma for a while and she sometimes told me about the times and how hard it was. And weirdly, she was speaking a lot of Japanese words uh, in the Korean sentence. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, and, um, and I was wondering why... It can you speak in, uh, Japanese? But she said, no, no, I can't, not anymore. But like, there's a lot of things left still there. So um, as I know of my granddad was also working in, in Japan at that time. And it was just a hard time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a listener send a beautiful sort of text message in telling the story of one of uh, his ancestors. And, uh, you know, this person had uh, been forced to mine mm-hmm. coal for the Japanese and developed illnesses and so forth. So you see how kind of pain and suffering cross generations, you know, Mm -hmm. even if you didn't experience it yourself. uh, If somebody you love did, then that historical kind of uh, sense carries forward. Mika, you had this thing where um, you you explained before that uh, at Anschluss, at the connection Mm -hmm. between Germany and Austria, it wasn't just a German initiative. A lot of Austrians felt like they were part of a greater German nation. Nowadays, of course, there's two very distinct states. But if I were to ask you, an Austrian, what makes an Austrian feel Austrian rather than feeling like some kind of German thing? (laughs) It's really (laughs) difficult to, to, how you say, separate. Yeah. It's yeah. it's still kind of loosely connected. I mean, it is a cultural sphere, right? Yes, like um, especially you know ni- after nineteen nineteen eighteen, many Austrians identified themselves being members of a German nation, mm. and it was like because of based on shared linguistic, cultural, and ethnic um, ca- ca- characteristics. <laughs> so, I guess like after the World War Two. It became like we wanted more to be separated mm. and we were like occupied till 1955, as oh. I remember. And then like the, the, like I said, the superior powers like Russia and America, they said we can be independent. So we're celebrating our Independence Day on the 26th October. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, since then, we started to develop um, a national, I say, national like a- identity yeah. and character. Mm. But till then, it was like mixed is any of that getting sort of uh, blended, do you think, into a broader European identity? That's been the big experiment for a couple of decades now, is to create a European identity. Uh, yeah, I guess this is the idea behind Europe, but I don't feel like people are really getting the European spirit. Mm. So, I'm like, I can, like, in my opinion, like, there's too much nationalism going on in Europe. Like, Poland is very focused on Poli- Poland, of course. Like, like, this stupid thing like 
Poland first, you know, like in America, right? Like right. European Make countries. Great again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> and in European countries, they follow their own agendas and concentrating on their own people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys know about each other's deep origins? In other words, Sujan, if I were to ask you what you know about Austrian <laughs> and Polish history, uh, do you know much? Did you learn much through Mika? Shamefully, I don't have so much idea about the history of Austria or Poland, unlike Mika, because um, he studied Koreanology mm. um, in the university, so he yeah. can name all the Korean president. He knows um, um, Kojo-san, yeah. Korea, everything. This is right. funny. I can't uh, name the, the, the Austrian <laughs> presidents, but, <laughs> but you get all the Korean all ones. All the Korean ones, yes. But it's, yeah. it's great yeah. for like when we sit down and drink. That was like with your company meeting. Mm-hmm. And I could point out all the presidents. They didn't believe, I know. Yeah. And they were so astonished we even got a present, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one day, Sujin, you can impress them in Austria when you go for a trip, I right? Should. <laughs> Nicola and Sunong, mm-hmm. um, you've done pretty well on the Korea front, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know your Australian allergy? I think I know, you know, because I lived there for seven years. And like one time, she told me that, like, uh, that bridge is like really old one, like about 100 years <laughs> in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> and she said everything is thousands of years. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know that Australia is a young country, so even though she say this is a real old one. I guess this, this is our old history here. He's uh, like, well, in Korea, we have yeah. 5,000 years. <laughs> yeah, not impressed with the sort of uh, antiques in yes. the US or in Australia. They're like, uh, you know, at maximum a couple hundred years old at the most. Mm. Uh, you are, your name is now Guan. Yes. Um, we talked about the Tong name, your name is a Polish name, Karczewski, mm-hmm. uh, which traces back to Mika's origins. What was your maiden name? Robinson. Robert. Oh, so that's a good, ang- that's an Anglo yeah, name. Yeah, very, very Anglo name. And that would have just come from uh, somebody called Robert, and then they change it to, like, Robin is the nickname, and then Robin had a son. And <laughs> very <laughs> literal. Robinson. And wasn't Karczewski, isn't that a job or something that somebody did? No, it's, I, I, I researched, and it's like a town called Karchev oh, okay. and there are people coming from uh, Karchevsky Karchevsky it's an yes. adjective for someone who comes from Karchev mm-hmm. Mr. Guan uh, do you know anything about your name origin? yeah um, actually my name was Kim the, the Guan was Kim before oh, we really? got the um, the name Guan so the our um, ancient he helped King to win the battle and then after that he got the name Guan from the King so Actually, Andong Guan and Andong Kim are from same same stem. Yeah, but like six hundred years ago. Or? Yes. Does Guan have any in- inherent meaning, or I mean, because it's it's funny that the king thought that Guan was sort of a, like an upgrade from yeah. Kim as a congratulations. Yeah. Guan se Guan means like it's kind of power. Yeah. Oh. Meanwhile, I'm a convict. <laughs> <laughs> the convict and the general. The yes. stu- that's, that's our new... Uh, romance w- novel. <laughs> romance novel featuring the Guan family. <laughs> Guys, that's about all the time we have today. Really interesting learning your deep origin stories. And we can talk more about this another time, I think. Thank you all very much for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.